0: Let's take a look at what's happening right now. The Asian stock markets, they're rising as investors uh, continue to seek high yields.
1: It's been a quite interesting morning, know, from early hours on. We started to see an actual fact from the Japanese stocks leading the way there, making sure that those numbers are correct. In actual fact, what worried, what worried us in the middle of it was that we were talking a lot about Australia. We wanted to see what the... Uh, uh, the, the, the Royal Bank of Australia was going to do the RBA. We were concerned about the fact that they're talking about them not being able to have more stimulus available to make sure that the economy is ticked over. However, uh, the governor came up very strongly mentioning the fact that there are plans to make sure that that money is available. They call it... Uh, uh a surplus surplus amounts that will be required for them to actually rectify the country's economy we know that they cut down their interest rates last week they went down uh from 1.75 by 25 basis points down to 1.50 percent and that is also another effort in monetary policy to try and uh, stabilize the uh, australian market so I'm hoping that 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 will change. However, it hasn't contributed positively uh, to the currency itself. Um, And hopefully maybe by the end of the week, it will look somewhat a little bit better than it is at the moment. But other than that... The MSCI Asia-Pacific looking very good, up by 0.3%. Uh, the Japanese and, and Australian markets have been making gains as well, uh, while mainland China shares have slipped slightly a little bit uh, due to further decline in the Chinese foreign exchange reserves. Um, however, there are positives that are coming out of the Bank of China uh, that are talking about things like stimulus that will be available uh, to make sure that they stabilise the, con- the consumption ratio, uh, which has been a concern of late and so those particular things, especially having to like look into inflation as well, uh, that has been a concern for them as well. So it's looking good for the Asian markets keen out on average, and obviously it's all thanks to those wonderful jobs numbers that came out of the US on Friday.
0: And then just looking at China and what's going on there, not making for, you know, great reading at the moment, Uh, exports falling, and then uh, you also have imports dropping, and uh, this amidst all of the uh, stimulus uh, to try and stimulate economic growth. And now the People's Bank of China signaling uh, that they would use more innovation uh, when it comes to these monetary policy tools. What sort of innovation are they talking about?
1: If I knew Chinese, then I'd be able to tell you. So uh, I'm not very good with Mandarin. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, but let, me, let me share this with you quickly. Um, we've known that the Alaska Reserve Bank for a long time and how they are doing, they impose what we call um, uh, uh, inflation targeting when it comes to how they evaluate the monetary policy and how they control uh, our inflation as well. Um, what Chinese have been doing, in natural fact, most advanced economies around the world have moved slightly away from that model because it's not the be-all and and end-all. They've realized that in terms of different economic cycles, you need to apply different monetary policies uh, uh, and measurements to make sure that the economy is still stable. So, like, for example, we've seen in the U.S., what they've had to do is move away from targeting inflation, but to other alternatives, for example, like... uh, Seeing how they can control uh, income income uh, uh, capabilities of that of that particular country and and the borrowings from the banks from one another. So those are some of the things that maybe the Chinese government is thinking about, not rather the, the People's Bank of China is thinking about about how to actually be more innovative. And and I just want to say just a, a silent protest from my side here. <laughs> if if we if we look at South Africa's, for example, monetary policy. It hasn't changed, you know, over the last 22 years. The economic spheres have changed. The cycles have changed. Uh, perhaps maybe it's time that the Reserve Bank start looking at other alternatives as well and try to be innovative. Because if we continue with just inflation targeting, despite the fact that, you know, we know that we're going to grow at 0%, that's what they're saying. We know that, the, uh, for example, the population ratio in South Africa is 1.7%. So that means if we don't grow, if we've got zero, and yet we still have a growth uh, of 1.7%, More people in the country means that there's even less for them to actually share in whatever little that we have already as an economy. So that means that we are actually in a decline, to be quite honest and to be frank with you. And so we need to find alternatives, especially when you have high prices. We know that food, for example, food inflation has gone ridiculously high. We know that obviously that CPI itself has gone up, general inflation has gone up. So the question is, what is it that we're supposed to do therefore to control measures uh, to make sure that these things happen uh, in a much uh, slower way? But not only that, but also trying to help the consumer who's already now uh, over-indebted and, and needs some sort of relief. So... Maybe we should look at a model that will support that and also support local economy because we are a unique economy. So applying basis of what advanced economies have done might not be the best for now. We might have to change the way monetary policy has been working in South Africa to try and accommodate the new conditions that we found ourselves in. And that is exactly what the Chinese bank is saying here. They're saying that whatever it is that they're going to be doing, um, we're not clear yet what it is, but... There will be more information as they continue to meet to tell us what it is that they plan to do to try and stimulate the economy by using innovative uh, uh, monetary policy.
0: And then just looking at the emerging stock markets, they are rising after some positive payroll results, Clive.
1: This is another interesting one to keynote about the US jobs numbers, which was quite phenomenal last year, last week. Um, We saw them raise about 255,000 jobs. Um, I want to... Uh, specifically talk about two things. The first one, where did these jobs come from? How do you jump from 187,000 jobs to 255,000? Now, if you remember what's happening in the United States, as we speak currently right now, we've got two giant uh, uh, political parties who are roaming for the uh, elections in November, and we know that they would have obviously hired a lot of people to run those campaigns to help them to actually be ahead of their times in every state. So I reckon some of those jobs actually came from there. If you look at the breakdown of those jobs in extra about 49% of those jobs come from the from the Fed, for, from the Fed, so which means they have government jobs. So it is easily can be said that those particular people were hired by the campaign uh, trails of both uh, 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 Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump as well. So that's one aspect. The second aspect is we've seen a growth also in income. So that means not only are Americans uh, better off in treating jobs, but now they're also seeing increments in their salaries. That means that the problem that they had about eight years ago when they stopped actually increments to accommodate employers so that they don't lose the jobs that they had is now being implemented. So it is negotiation times. And I know unions have to bargain and they have to make sure that they get what the members want. But again, we're growing at 0%. Um, where is these other interests going to come from that are beyond inflation? That's what we need to start asking ourselves if you're asking for money that is beyond that. Are we going to be able to sustain it, or does it mean that we're going to increase salaries at the detriment, obviously, of losing even more jobs? So something just to consider there, and that's what America has done. They've kept salaries low, however, they've kept the jobs, and therefore now it's starting to pay back because now they're starting to see their salaries increase in line with the economy.